Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. All right, good day, everybody. Welcome to the back half of spring break here. Hope you had some time. With your family, you're getting away this week. I got to see family in Florida this week. I hadn't seen it in a long time, so that was awesome. They get to come back and meet my church family today. I'm so excited uh, to share with you, to share with you here in Keller. Also, those of you in Haslett, those of you in McKinney, those watching online. A lot of people still traveling back in town, watching online today. We put our hands together. Welcome everybody joining part of the Milestone family today. Awesome. Well, last week we started a two-part series called Engage, and we're going to conclude that today. Uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Tyron last week about, talked about engaging in the waiting. Today I'm going to talk about engaging your gift. And then next week we start another two-part series that Pastor Jeff will be leading called Vision. I love messages on vision, hearing God's vision for our life and our family, our work, what he's calling us to. And so Pastor Jeff will be back next week kicking that off. But today, it's about engaging your gift. We have your Bibles. We're going to go to two places, Exodus 35 and 1 Peter 4. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have it on the screens as well here in just a minute. My prayer uh, this week in preparing this is that God would use me uh, to help you discover the gift or gifts that he's given you and how to engage those gifts for his purpose in your life. I don't know if you know this, but you are uniquely gifted by God for a special purpose. You are uniquely gifted by God for a special purpose. So you're uniquely gifted. When you discover your gift, when you find your gift and hone it, you will be successful. But God doesn't just leave us there. He has a special purpose for your life because there is significance attached to it. His plan for your life, a difference that makes a difference not in this life only, but also in eternity. You're uniquely gifted by God for a special purpose. Some of you know that. You know your gift. Some of you know your gift. You don't know your purpose. Some of you know you're gifted, though, because they maybe told you in school growing up you're part of the gifted and talented program. <laughs> I wasn't privy to the program, but I heard about it. It was like a whisper, it was like a secret, you know? You know, they'd come to the classroom, we'll take Sally, Jim, Bill, and they'd say, where are they going? Um, and the teacher's always caught, right? They, um, they, they, they are doing something different, you know, because they can't just come out and say, they're part of the gifted and talented, because that's an indictment on the rest of us, right? It's like, what? <laughs> we're part of the get it done and get on out of here program, right? That's what we, most of us were in. I mean, it's just the naming of it. It's just a little, I mean, I don't know, we should probably you know, look into that because you're celebrating the holidays. You know, you're Aunt Susie. I heard about the Gifted and Talented program. Are you in that? No, Aunt Susie. No, I'm on a different path, right? But don't raise your hands, but many of you in here, you were part of that program. Let me tell you, though, a little bit about who the Bible says you are. Maybe the school didn't call you Gifted and Talented. Maybe your family, your parents, maybe the world, but this is what the Bible says. It says you were created in the image of God. God created you in your inmost being. You were knit together in your mother's womb, fearfully and wonderfully made, and God's works are wonderful. You're a child of God in Christ Jesus. You're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, in which he prepared in advance for you to walk in. 
That's what God's word says about you. That's what that tells me is you're no accident, you're no mistake. You're created and designed by God for a unique purpose and unique work he's prepared even in advance for you to walk in. Have you ever had the thought of you could have never been, but yet you are? Like God created you. And he didn't just create you, he created you in this time and place. I think in terms of, man, if I was born 50 years ago, I don't know what I would do. I'm like, I'm so glad I was born now. And God knew that. He uniquely didn't just create you, but created you in time and place to carry out his purpose for your life. There is a void, something missing in his creation, and he saw fit that you would be the solution to that void. Very uniquely designed for a very unique purpose in your life. I love how Ethel Waters says this so bluntly. Ethel Waters, early 1900s, uh, she was a daughter of a, high, of a teenage rape victim, African-American lady in the early 1900s, a pioneer, though, in singing and entertainment, was the uh, second African-American woman to ever have a, her own television show. But she says this. She says, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. <laughs> I love that. So the big question I want you to be able to answer today is this. What are you uniquely gifted by God to do? What are you uniquely gifted by God to do? What unique skill, ability, talents has he put into you to make a difference and carry out the work that he's prepared for you? If I were to sit down with you one-on-one and ask you that question, I know what I would get is a little bit of, it feels a little like an interrogation. It feels a little like an interview. It kind of puts you on your heels when somebody asks you a definitive question of what are you gifted to do because either you don't know and you're, you're trying to figure it out or you don't wanna sound arrogant or you're not overly confident. Maybe there's somebody better than me at this so I can't say I'm gifted because there's somebody more gifted and you get kind of caught, but no, you are gifted by God. When you discover that, man, it really then begins to set you in motion and carry out God's plan for your life. I remember in high school, I came back from a mission trip and the youth pastor said, Steve, I want you to share with the church just about your experience on the trip. You know, the church I was a part of, it was the same size, a milestone church, a large church, and a lot of people, and he asked me to get up and share, and so I remember getting up and sharing, and I remember talking, I remember having this moment where I thought, I'm actually more comfortable up here than I was in my seat, as I'm talking. In the audience, as I'm talking, I didn't know it then, but also my future in-laws were there, my future wife was there. My future father-in-law, who has a great gift of discernment, he said, who is this young man? <laughs> My future wife, who's got great intuition and relational skills, she told her mom and dad, she said, I'm gonna marry a man like that one day. And she did. <laughs> so as I'm talking, I'm realizing, man, I feel comfortable up here. And again, I didn't say I'm the greatest speaker in the world, I say I'm comfortable which that's my gift. And so every weekend up here, I'm welcoming the guests and those new in our environments and setting up the message of Pastor Jeff. And when I'm comfortable, that makes you comfortable. And then when you're comfortable and you're new in the environment, feel welcomed in and you're relaxed and then you can engage. I'm just using that gift. And so even in high, I'm putting the pieces together. Say, like, God, you've wired me for this for a unique reason. What's that for you? In Exodus 35, so look here at the Bible, it's a really cool story of the Israelites building the tabernacle and how God brings together all the gifting to carry out this great purpose. Exodus 35, verse 30 says, Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, 
Skills to make artistic design for work in gold, silver, and bronze. To cut and set stones. To work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. Verse 34. And he has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahisimach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He's filled them with skills to do all kinds of work as engravers and designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. I love this story here because it shows us a few things. It reminds us that gifting and ability come from God. There are so many amazingly gifted and talented people in our world. Not all of them give credit to God, but all of that gifting, ability, and creativity, it all comes from our creator. Even wisdom, understanding, knowledge are gifts. Artistic excellence is a gift, and craftsmanship is a gift we see. The story also shows how practical the gifting can be. Engravers, designers, embroiderers. It shows also what may be a gift to us can be taught to others. So maybe it comes natural to you, but then what's natural, a gift to you, you can actually teach others that gift. We see how the gifts come together for a greater impact. Previous in the chapter, we see there's gifts of giving. They're bringing silver and resources. Evian says there are some ladies that are specially gifted, and here's their gift. They can spin goat hair into yarn. A special gifting by God, it says, to spin goat hair into yarn, which become the curtain, the veil, separating the Holy of Holies, a very significant gift needed. And all these gifts come together for God's glory. Because see, they're constructing the tabernacle, which is gonna house the glory of God. Same thing. The gift God's given you is to demonstrate his glory in the earth. So back to the question, what are you uniquely gifted by God to do? To help narrow it down, I've got a thought starter to get you going, and it's this. Your God-given gift is where you make the most impact with the least effort. Your God-given gift is where you make the most impact with the least effort. It's not saying that you don't, it doesn't take a lot of effort, but proportionate to the impact that you make, it's the least effort. The most impact with the least effort. There's five categories that I've come up with to help you kind of sort through. I know you're starting to get a little contemplative, you're starting to think through, now what is that for me? So let's go through five categories. There's different types of gifting, artistic gifting, relational gifting, physical gifting, intellectual, and spiritual gifting. First of artistic gifting, right? Some of you can sing, you can write, you can act, right? You're, you're maybe a gifted musician, or you can even just imagine. You're just a visionary, very creative in that way. Some of you have relational gifting, like leadership, just a great understanding of organizational leadership and people and who's gonna work well with who. You have great, just relational IQ uh, with people. You know how to add value to people, how to connect with people. Some of you have physical gifting. Right? Some of you are born just more athletic than the rest of us. Your eye-hand coordination, your speed, your agility, just your physical gifting. That's what sets a lot of pro athletes apart. I mean, they're just born different. Like Michael Phelps is fast, the Olympic swimmer, right? the all-time leading Olympic gold medalist, right? But also his body proportions, right? The length of his torso, the size of his feet, his double-jointed in his ankles, like he didn't make that happen. Also, internally, his lactic threshold is different than others. Like when you are fatigued, your body produces lactic acid then, which causes you to become nauseous and slow you down, while his goes way longer, twice as long as the average person. 
part of all of that physical just made him to be who God called him to be. And then there's also intellectual gifting. Those of you who are part of the Gifted and Talented program, we celebrate <laughs> your gifting. It's, I'm not bitter, I'm letting it go. It's, it's not, doesn't, never affected me, not, a, not in the least. Can't remember what it was called. But some of you have a gift in mind, right? You have a high IQ, just your, your ability to retain information and your comprehension speed is just, it's just quicker than others. I'm like, um, 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 you're like, answer, right? You're just faster. Reminds me of like Rain Man. Remember Rain Man back, right? 246 toothpicks, 246 toothpicks. You know, it's like, I remember as a kid, I like dropped toothpicks, get to start guessing numbers. Like, can I do it, you know? <laughs> Couldn't. If you haven't seen Rain Man, go back and watch it. I can't remember if there's anything vulgar in it, but just watch the TV version. I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, <laughs> but what if you have a super gift you haven't discovered yet? What if you're the greatest, who's done you know, mountain climbing, rock climbing? You know, not many of you. What if you're the greatest rock climber of all time? Never tried it. But there's a unique gift God's given you. And then there's spiritual gifting. This is so great. This is spiritual gifting. When you receive Jesus, whether you're in Hassa, McKinney, here in Keller, those of you who received Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to inside of you. He came with gifts, supernatural gifts. We see in the Bible gifts like prophecy and serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4, three places where you can discover these spiritual gifts. Bible scholars think there's about 21 spiritual gifts. In our Serve Team 201 class, part of our grow track, we actually have an assessment in there. You can take a spiritual gift inventory, kind of help get you in the right direction of discovering what your spiritual gifts are. If I were to ask you what your gift is, I know the response is a lot of times people say, I just don't think I'm that gifted. Because we think extraordinary gift. We think, I'm not as fast as Michael Phelps. You know, I don't play the piano like Mozart or Beethoven. I can't sculpt like Michelangelo, right? I'm not as, you know, compassionate as Mother Teresa, right? I'm not on the business mind of Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, or we start comparing to these extraordinary gifts, and we forgot the gifts of the the Joe and the Monica and the Jason and the Samantha and the, the gifts that represent really this room and in the room of McKinney and Haslett, the extraordinary gifts around us because they are extraordinary. One way I like to point this out, just if you participate with me, I'm gonna ask a question here. How many of you, and feel free to raise your hand, raise your hands in Haslett, also McKinney. This is group participation here. I'm not gonna make you stand up or anything. But how many of you can type more than 50 words a minute? Type more than 50 words a minute. Everywhere, raise your hands. A lot of you, okay, we gotta go up. We gotta update Annie. All right. <laughs> 75 words a minute, hands up. 75 words a minute, hands up. Oh my goodness, okay. Keller, Hassel, McKinney, hands up. 80 words a minute, 80 words a minute. 80 words a minute, 90 words a minute. 90 words a minute, 90 words a minute. 90 words, get 10, 25, 25, 30. 90 words, 100 words a minute. 100 words, Hassel, are you hanging on? McKinney, I don't know where we're at. 100 words, 100 plus. 100 plus words a minute, 100 plus words, okay. Right up here, we got one up here. Okay, those who can type more than 100 words, let's put our hands together and celebrate. <laughs> I don't know what you guys got to in Haslett, but we were over 100 here, or McKinney, we were over 100, so I don't know, if you're online watching, prove it, right? You can right now, <laughs> just do it, just prove it. <laughs> in the, ch the chat just blew up, right? So just code. <laughs> He just rewrote our system. But, um, but that's amazing. 
right? And there's things like that that I could just go through and we would all be like, oh my gosh. Like if I saw somebody typing more than 100 words a minute, I think they're faking it. I'm like, that's not possible. Like my typing class, I moved the folder, right? And just kind of looked underneath. I didn't, again, I wasn't in the other program. But <laughs> 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, 1 Peter's the other verse I told you to turn to. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says this. Each of you, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. Whatever your gift, you should use it to serve others, and you're displaying God's grace with his strength for his glory. I'm gonna give you four ways to engage your gift today. Four ways to engage your gift. Number one, you have to know your gift. You have to know what it is. You have to put in the work to discover God's handiwork in you, how he has uniquely designed you and gifted you. You have to know your gift. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Here's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. There's a work he's prepared for you to do. Now, I want to be clear. That's Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says something sounds a lot different. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not by works. It's a gift so that no one can boast. Okay. So it says we're not saved by works, but we're saved for a work. That's right, you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. There's no work, there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. It's all been done by Jesus Christ. We put our, great, our faith in him, that he died for our sins on the cross, and then we put our faith and trust in him, receive his salvation. He removes our sins for as far as the east is from the west. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. We become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He comes and inhabits us by his Holy Spirit, bringing those giftings inside of us. We're a child of God, adopted sons and daughters into his family in that moment, by grace, through faith. It's a gift, it's salvation. All we do is put our faith and trust in Jesus and what he has done. There's nothing that we do except for trusting, putting our faith in him. However, you're still here. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you didn't get bonked on the head and taken to eternity. That is your eternal destination. Your eternity is set. You know you'll spend eternity in heaven one day with him, but he left you here. Why did he leave you here? Because of verse 210, because you're his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus, not just created, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, created to do good works, which he's prepared in advance for you to walk in. Now you are partnering with him in his mission in the earth, his great commission, to seek and save that which is lost, and he's gonna do it through you and through your gifting, and you carrying out his purpose in your life. That's why he left you here, so you have to figure out why that is. Here's some practical ways to identify how God's uniquely gifted you. As you're thinking through it, you can ask yourself this. You just pray. You guys have to spend some time with God. God, help me understand how you've fashioned and created me. What are my giftings? You pray, you talk to God about it. Talk to others. What do other people say that you're good at? Right, we're hard on ourselves. We're not, we don't think we're good at anything. But other people might say, hey, you're really good at that. They may say, how did you do that so fast? They may even ask you how you did something and you're like, I don't even know how to tell you how, I just did it. Right, because you're gifted to do that things that make you really upset 
or get you really excited are things that you're probably gifted in. Things that surface in moments of adversity and challenge where you just kind of rise up and act out of that gift without thinking about it identifies that gift. And then your spiritual gift. When you learn how God has deposited spiritual gifts by his spirit into you that you can operate in, you learn your gifting. So you have to know your gift. The second thing is then you have to value your gift. You have to value your gift. Your gift may not even be what you value or think the world values, but it's what God valued in you. That's why he gave it to you. 1 Timothy 4.14 says this, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. This is Paul telling the young Timothy, do not neglect your gift. Remember having a similar conversation with a team member some years back. Um, Choi Ann Kurt, our growth track director, incredible administrator, gift administration. Remember this top conversation? Joanne, don't neglect your gift, it's so valuable. What was happening is her gift was so good is that other departments and people were relying on her gift to help them with their, what was going on in their areas. She began to ask me, she's like, I don't wanna become known as just the administrative person and, and then not be able to grow organizationally. And I was like, Joanne, don't neglect your gift. Because your gift administration, it helps the organization grow. It's gonna help you grow with the organization. It's gonna impact the church. Don't, and she had a resurrender moment with God in her gift, and then it went to the next level. I don't know if you know this, we've celebrated this during our 2020 COVID quarantine when everybody was at home, but we had a text system go out of you know, over 10,000 text messages and then thousands of responses coming in for prayer requests and needs, people needing water, people needing different things. We were delivering groceries and toilet paper. All that was administrated through this administrative team of 100 people led by Joy Ann and her administrative gift because she didn't neglect the gift that God had given her. You see, when you value your gift, you can also begin to value other people's gift. Right, you don't compare Right, you begin being okay with what you're good and not good at. Because it's okay to not be good at things. But we're not honest about what we're not good at until we feel like we're good at something. So once you know your gift, then you can be a little more honest. Like I know I'm terrible with numbers. I'm great with people, good with words. Terrible with numbers. If you told me your phone number, you have to tell it to me like two, three times. I'm like, okay, slow down, slow down. You're like, the area code has been the same for, you know, I'm like, you know, what's, <laughs> You know, Pastor JP, Pastor Jeff, they're incredible with numbers. They don't never forget, they don't ever forget a number. You know, Pastor JP, I'm also jealous. Pastor Jeff Pelty is our executive pastor. He only needs like four hours of sleep a night. Sleeping in is 5 a.m. <laughs> like, I need eight. Like twice the amount of sleep is required for me than him. I'm like, God, that's not fair. Right? But I value. Pastor JP's gift, I value the gift that God's given me. I can celebrate that. I can covet it a little bit, but I'm still celebrating as well. Third thing, as we engage our gift, you have to learn to excel in your gift. Excel in your gift. So know your gift, value your gift. Now excel in your gift. Get really good at what you're really good at. Rather than beat yourself up about what you're not good at, get really good at what you're really good at. I love this verse in Proverbs 22, 29. It says, do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. See someone skilled in what they do. They will serve before kings. This verse here written in Proverbs uh, attributed to Solomon. If you remember, Solomon is the son of David, King David. This verse is a great proverb, but I also think it's telling a story. 
You see, because Solomon's dad, David, was a skilled harp player. And one day he was playing his harp in his fields and some people showed up. Because King Saul at the time said, find me a skilled musician who can play for me and you know, ease these tormenting spirits. And so they said, we know someone who is very skilled at playing the harp. He's a young boy, son of Jesse. And Saul said, go and get him. So they went to the fields and they grabbed young David, brought into the presence of the king to play his harp that he could play so well. Gave him an audience with the king that later on, as we know, requested Saul's armor to face Goliath on the front lines of battle. He was given permission and access to the front lines of battle where he defeated Goliath. We know that story, but it was actually his heart playing skill that gave him the audience with the king. Skilled in what you do. Whatever it is you do, become skilled in what you do. Get trained, get educated, put in the time, the hours. Develop those abilities and skills God's given you. It'll make a difference for you in this life, but also the eternal significance and impact you can have through your gift as well. Number four, use your gift to serve others. Know your gift, value your gift, excel in your gift, but then use your gift to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Your gift is an expression of God's grace. When you're using it, it's a demonstration of his grace pouring out of you. It's also in the act of serving that we identify what our gifts are. That's why I love at Milestone Church, at all of our campuses, even online, we have teams of people serving, stewards of God's grace in its various forms all over the place, impacting all of us. That's why when we gather as a church, it's so significant. It's why it just feels so unique as we gather as believers. The church is the gathering of believers as we gather in all of our giftings. And so when you pull on the parking lot, whatever campus, there is a greeter out there, a parking lot attendant waving you in, helping you find a close spot. Maybe somebody driving a shuttle to a golf cart to bring you right to the front and guest teams out there greeting you, welcoming, using their gifts, the grace of God poured out through them, welcoming you in to worship. You get to the doors, there's a greeter that opens the door for you. You don't have to open it for yourself this morning. Somebody opened that for you, right? Demonstrating God's grace. You came in, there's some coffee. You didn't brew, it's already brewed for you. By somebody on our hospitality team, using their gift, right, to serve others. And you have that coffee, you're engaging with people, you check your kids in. We have the guest check-in team out there engaging. They got here early, they got those computers set up, they got, they got the stickers in the printers all ready to go so when you showed up, you just walked up and hit the buttons and it came out, right, to serve your family so your kid could go in there. And then when your kid went in there, they are served by incredible children's team ministry leaders. And so we're in here experiencing the message and worshiping. They're using their gift, the grace of God in them, serving our kids right now, teaching them God's word right now, telling them Jesus loves them right now, singing worship with them right now as we're in here, right? God's grace. And it keeps going because then you walked in here, you had a safety team member who's been scouring this whole place all morning, teams of safety, plain clothes, people out here just keeping you safe as you worship. An usher helped you find a seat as you came in using their gift. And our worship team using their gifts and talents to sing and to play. And then our production team who's running the cameras and running the sound so we can all enjoy so seamlessly without a glitch because they were rehearsing all week long using the grace, the gift that God's given. So when we come to church, Yeah, we feel good, because we feel God. We feel his grace poured out through the giftings. Thank you, and I hate weird cries, so forgive me for that. But it's using your gift. So maybe you've not even gotten to join one of these teams yet to use your gift. 
And opportunities coming up where it's kind of a try before you buy opportunity. I like those. I don't want to commit for life to anything, right? Except for marriage. I love you, honey. That was a great decision. So, <laughs> caught myself. But, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> But to use your gifts. So Easter, we have like almost 20 services. I think we had 19 services and then online opportunities for you to serve. And so during that week, you can, whatever gift God's given you, it'll come out. And so this QR code here, pull your phones out, get all the Easter service times also through this link. You can take that, all of our campuses, that'll point you, you're in the right direction to a team member who will help you find a spot for you to serve and let the grace of God be demonstrated and poured out through you and also help you to discover uh, what your gift is as well. So as you're sorting through, figuring out your gift, I'm gonna give you a verse here that really helped me early on in my journey. Because there's a lot of pressure, I get it, to discover your gift. If you're young, right, and you're like, you're young, you're like, okay, I gotta figure it out. What is my gifting? Where am I, where am I gonna go to college? What's my major gonna be? Where are you gonna use me? What career track should I use? What trade, what this? And you're trying to figure out. Some of you are in your back half, right? You've, you've kind of done your career, but you're not as fulfilled as you thought you would be. In the second half of your life, you're like, okay, God, I'll, I did that for me. I wanna do the second half for you. I wanna really be partnered with uh, just your call on my life, your purposes for me. And so I wanna use my gift for your glory. And so you're trying to figure out, I get the, the pressures of all of it. So when I was early on, like I said, I felt comfortable on the stage. I felt called to ministry. I felt called to be a pastor. I went to school to be a pastor. I got a full-ride scholarship to go to Belmont University to be a future pastor. Amazing God gift in my life. I get there, and I need a job. So I started working at a shoe store. It was a specialty running shop. And so I started, it was a great college job, but I'm there my first year, my second year, third year, fourth year I'm there, waiting on my wife to finish up her school, and so I'm there in my fifth year, right? I'm out of school now, I'm in this, now I'm in a career. I'm in a career as a shoe salesman, right? So I'm done with school, here I am a manager of a shoe store, especially running shop. I wanted to be Billy Graham, and I'm more like Al Bundy, right? Something, <laughs> those of you who know who that is, you shouldn't, but so, <laughs> But I was off track, you know, I'm like, man, I had friends coming into the shoe store and they're like, they're getting, you know, record deals. They're going on tour with musicians. I have people from record labels coming in saying, Steve, what are you doing with your life? I have the school saying, we gave you a full ride. Why are you selling shoes? I'm like, well, this is where God has me. And just my way to my wife, just I'm like, God, what do you have me here? I mean, this was a lot of work too, because this was a specialty shop. When you came in, you weren't just picking out your favorite flavor. Like we put the shoes on you. And so we would kind of, we're experts in figuring out just your running technique and style. And so all day long, I'd be on my knees. I'd be taking shoes off. I'd be putting shoes on. You know, next size, same thing, over all day long. My freshman year, sophomore year, and then I went full-time my senior year. Now I'm graduated. I'm still doing this. God, what am I doing? I remember hearing a message and as I'm this, trying this process of discovery, this message and this pastor shared this verse. He said, Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as your reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. Remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and said, okay, this is not what I wanna be doing, but it's what I'm doing. So whatever I'm doing, I'm gonna do it for you, Jesus. I had a routine where every morning before going in, I'm in the parking lot, Jesus, I'm doing this for you. I'd be praying, walking in. I said, okay, if I'm gonna do this for you, I'm gonna become the best. I'm gonna be the best shoe salesman the city has ever saw. And I committed to it. I studied every single brand, New Balance, Saucony, Brooks, A6. I mean, we had a mall, I studied all of them. I knew all the different constructions and techniques, the cushioning agents, support agents. 
I learned our customers. I learned when they walked in the door, I could read them. I could learn who wanted help immediately, who wanted a little bit of space and how to give them that, how to always be available but not in the way. Right? I learned how to anticipate what their needs are gonna be just based off of their body type. I would watch their gait as they walked in. I'd watch how their feet moved. Right? Then I grabbed their shoes. I didn't tell them, but I look at the bottoms. I learned if they supinated or pronated. I'd see their running style. I got to the point where I can even guess weight. This is a little bit scary, it's gonna scare you. But I could guess weight within five pounds just based off of body mass and height and be able to determine because shoes are constructed for to support different types of weights. And so to get them in the right shoe, you have to know their weight, but you don't wanna ask that. And so especially for the ladies. And so ladies, you do know if they say seven, it's really an eight. You do learn that pretty quick. And so, but I learned to be an expert in these people and serving them and knowing their needs, anticipating and I did that, and so five years did that, and then end up leaving there, moving here to Texas, go to grad school, and just a few weeks later, walked in the doors of Milestone Church. Met Pastor Jeff and Brandy, learned our names, our gifts, called, be pastor, okay, here's what I want you to do. Next week, everybody that comes in those doors behind you, I want you to serve them, take care of them, help them, take steps, meet people. I said, okay. Well, he didn't know that for five years, that's what I've been training to do. For five years, I've been watching people come to the door, see their needs, anticipate. You know, do they need a little more space? Do they need a little more engagement? What are they looking for? What are their needs? How's it gonna serve them? What's gonna help them? What's their next step, right? I learned that in that season, and I realized something. Those five years in the shoe store, I was using my gifting, because I was gifted and called to be a pastor. And even though it was a different location, it wasn't in the church, I would use my gift to pastor people. In the same way, a milestone church for the past 20 years, that same gift to pastor people. And our team is so good at this because God's allowed me to train and help others to, to see things and anticipate needs and help and serve. A milestone church is known, I don't know if you know this, around the country about how great you are at engaging and serving and loving people. Not just all those, you know, hot spots of checking in, but even on your row, when you're sitting beside somebody and as you get up to leave, you say hi and hello and what's your name, how long you've been coming, even as you exit out, you're known for that. See, I don't know what that is for you today. I don't know what that gift is you're discovering, but when you discover it, man, it's gonna make all of us better. Whatever you do, do it for Jesus. Whatever your gift, use it to serve others. Don't wonder any longer about the gifting and abilities that God has given you. Don't wander any longer missing God's purpose and plan for your life. Take the time to figure out what that is because your contribution to the Milestone family and to the kingdom of God is so, so important. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your gifting in our lives, the gift of your son Jesus, salvation through faith in him, not by works. God, I pray if there's anybody here today, if you don't know Jesus, you wanna receive him, all you gotta do is call on his name. Those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Just confess that you're a sinner. Believe in your heart that God sent Jesus to die for your sins and that he was raised from the dead. Now invite him to come and live inside of you. And as he comes and lives inside of you, he's bringing those gifts with him as well. For those of you who know Jesus, are filled with his gifting already, Lord, I pray for those individuals, Lord, that you make it clear to them your unique gift and the unique call and purpose you have on their life. That they would not wander or wonder, Lord, but they would walk in your great purposes for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.